It's just too much. I think she's a very nice girl. And they just made me employee of the month yesterday, so I'm getting a lot of calls. I know where I'm not wanted, and I'm not wanted any place where people have all these social obligations if you get one of me. That's not true. You have you have two kinds of stuffing. You have real cranberry sauce. Run! I mean, I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, or what I'm doing here, or what this place is about, but I am determined to enjoy myself. And I'm very intrigued, and oh my, this soup's delicious, isn't it? Welcome to another episode of the Best Supporting Podcast, where we are continuing our recap and discussion of Season 1 of NBC's disaster masterpiece, Smash. My name is Colin Drucker, and ugh, my Mets, they have no pitching this season. And my name is Nick Achanov, and how about a little Mambo? Oh, <laughs> Julia couldn't get enough of that one. <laughs> She lost her shit when. Oh, it was so funny. I was like, it made me laugh how much she was laughing. I guess, but I was like, this is not really a a zinger here. No, and he he delivers it with such a layer of cheese. I was like, oh, I know, it was so cringe. I'm like, did they make him do it like six times, like six different ways? Like, why was this so funny? A little little no. And she was. It just seemed like it was Deborah Messing laughing. I'm like, oh my god, Chris. Ugh, Do they call him Deb. Chris? Do you think they call him Chris? Chris who? What are we talking about? Sorry. Borel, Christian Borel. Oh, um, I don't know. Probably not, but you never know. Yeah, theater people love to abbreviate things. They do. Christian Borel's a mouthful, I hear. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. Not that I'd want to know. That's right. You're still not convinced. No, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that he's hot, and you're not convinced that Derek has too much neck. I mean, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Or should we talk about it now? I I think it is an evergreen issue. This is something that I have been noticing since episode one, is that he has 25% more neck than he needs. (laughs) I... I don't see it as clearly as you do, but maybe. I don't know. Well, that's not an answer. Um, <laughs> if you want to be safe, go back to the chorus. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Well, I, I will, I will do the work to convince you because there are. I will just find so many screenshots. I would ask that anybody listening who wants to back me up that Derek Wills has an earthworm gym uh, neck to head ratio. Fair enough. I feel like you should send a picture of Derek to Keon for him to Photoshop it, like, just a little higher. Oh, yes. Like a giraffe I... length, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. Like, what about and, now, Kachanov? And out. He, it's a lot. There's not a width. I want to make sure that's also clear that it's all, it's just as much, if not more so, about the width of his neck and how it goes past his jawline. Yeah, uh, no, I don't, I don't nope. see okay. it. But I, right. yeah. but I, you know, both... Both of us are are right. <laughs> well, you know, and then one of us is wrong, but it's fine. I... <laughs> Anyways, so, how about a little mambo? How about a little mambo? Oh my god! Um, yeah, let's we we should dive right in. And I I wanted just at the beginning of the episode note that as we start episode four, uh, the the cost of art, uh, we are at a twelve scarf count, and I believe a five thrown drink count. Yes. And I don't think there are any, there are no drinks in this episode that were thrown. And dare I say, no scarves, unless I missed it. There are, 
one and a half scarves. I, oh, okay. Well, if you ignore Eileen's like red scare scarf that she yes. wore to, uh, you know, Lyle's birthday party. Lyle Wilde's having a birthday party. I don't know if you know about Lyle Wilde. Oh my god! Is that his name Lyle Wild? It's something else, but I can't remember. No, Lyle what West. It is. Excuse me, Lyle, Lyle West. Lyle Wild. Lyle Wild. I knew I enjoyed that too much, but oh my god! Every episode of Smash, they say some name or something too many times, and this time it was Lyle West. Yeah, last week it was it's Joe DiMaggio, and yes. the pilot it's Marilyn. It's Marilyn, and then the the second episode it was like. I don't know. I don't know what the they call said. Back. I don't yeah, know. The call either, back. Yeah, the callback. Yeah, it's Derek Wills. It's Derek Wills, probably something like that. But yes, that is a running trend. Is just like uh, I know that name. Anyway, all that. Let's being get said. to it. Yes. Uh, so we begin at the studio for the first day of rehearsal. Uh, again, Julia continues to be Karen's rock in a crowded room, and I, I do love that. I love that she goes up and just gives you know. Uh, Julia says, like, I just love first days. And I will uh, I agree. I think, like, the first day of rehearsal slash, like, a table read and then maybe, like, the sits probe when, like, the band first comes in, if it's a musical, like, the pit, um, is, like, are the two best days of the process for me. Now, I'm, I've heard that term from my old musical theater in high school days. Yeah. Sits probe. Let's acknowledge the 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 expression sits probe i think of a sits bath uh, there we go uh, so i don't think of i think of something a little more medicated but <laughs> does anyone know what sits probe means i think it's i mean i can't remember the origin but let's look it up and i feel like if you're really like in the opera world um i feel like someone would say like sits probe or something like that <laughs> like really lean in and that's disgusting yeah um, i say croissant I don't say croissant. Okay, so it is borrowed from a German word meaning seated rehearsal. So sitzprobe. Okay. Yeah. So, seated rehearsal. Which is a rehearsal that is just for really the orchestra. Um, it's cool because there's no – you don't, like, run the show. You just kind of sit and the, the orchestra does their thing and you sing. And it's really exciting because, like, it's just – it's the biggest piece of the show that's been missing the whole time. So it really just right. elevates it to a new level. It's cool. Well, folks, you know, you, you learn a little something every day. Sits I probe. know. Not just, not just for hemorrhoids. Yes. <laughs> and I, I feel, I feel you've seen it. I'm guilty myself, but I don't think I've ever used this phrase, but if you s- still have friends that are in theater or opera or any of the performing arts, sometimes they'll take a, you know, like a photo of their script or their score and write first day of school and post it on Facebook or Instagram. Have you seen those? <laughs> oh, I hate it. No, I haven't. And I'm, I'm oh, you haven't. No, okay. I'm gagging at the thought of it. No, I haven't. It's, I mean, God forbid anybody enjoy their job or their life on my watch. I know. Sure. God forbid you you want to share a piece of good news. Not while I'm looking. I it it's you know I, I don't know. I think what it is, <laughs> can I just say this is I and you would probably be more attuned to this because you've been in the world of actors and musical theater and, and any kind of actor, anyone working in the entertainment world. I always, and I could be wrong because I don't know anything about nothing, but I feel like anybody who works in, to whatever degree in the, in the entertainment world wants to make sure that you know. And like wants to make sure that like you, like that there's a, that there's a like, 
it's it's less about oh my god first day of school and more of like i want everyone to know i'm in a show oh yeah absolutely i mean it's it's proving that you're it's just validating that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and that you've got work i mean it is absolutely like I mean, I am totally guilty of like this. So blessed to announce that I've been uh-huh. cast in blank, blank, blank. And I think maybe just up until, I don't think I made an official announcement for Carmen. Maybe, but maybe I did on Facebook. I didn't do it right away, and I was like, oh, I forgot to like tell people about this. Um, so I feel like I finally like aged out of it. But yeah, it's it's. It sucks because you can't help but not do it because you're excited. Of it's course. like a life update in a way, but I, I see I see it. It's always with the sort of extra of like and I wanna make sure you now think of me as like a successful actor and you're yep. and, and I'm now I'm moved up the, the, the food chain of this very competitive industry, maybe above you or other people and I'm somebody I have this little moment with Carl, you know, in act two. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. it all has it has that tone, you know? Yep. It is all under that umbrella, absolutely. Um, well, to make you even more mad, Ellis comes up between both Ivy oh. and Julia and says, exciting, isn't it? And Julia just keeps on walking. I loved it. She yeah. doesn't even look at him. <laughs> oh, I, how dare he? Uh, we also get introduced to uh, Bobby, uh, who's one of the one of the yes, chorus boys. Wesley Taylor. Before we talk about Bobby, I just want to mention really quickly, we do meet Linda, who is our stage manager, played by the wonderful Anne Harada. She was the original Christmas Eve in Avenue Q. She was in the revival of uh, like Cinderella. She played one of the stepsisters. She's a Broadway staple, and we love her. Like criminally underused in this. I don't think she gets to sing anything, uh, but I just wanted to mention her real quick before we get to Bobby. Yeah, I know her name, and I think I knew that she was in uh, the Avenue Q, but yeah, I got the impression. It was like, oh, you know, I mean, you know, n- not to not to squirt the water flower in, uh, in, you know, Michael Swift's wife's face, but oh, look, Anne Harada on TV. Bet she doesn't regret that as a theater actor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. And I will say, I, this came to me just now. That I, th- I feel, maybe I dreamed it, that I was riding an elevator at Ripley Greer, and she came on, and I rode, like, a couple floors with her as well, too. I didn't say anything. There were probably, like, three or four of us in the elevator. But I saw her once, so I'm basically famous. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you basically— My friend Anne. Sh- I'm going to yeah, call her Yeah, your friend Anne. Yeah, yeah, Annie <laughs> Harada. I call her Annie, you know. yeah. Um, but back to Bobby, Wesley Taylor, uh, he's also a, a Broadway darling. He was in the original casts of Rock of Ages and the Adams Family, and he played Plankton in the original cast of SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh. Uh, he's definitely had a bit of a glow up since these smash days. He's sort of like, especially like his hair. His hair is just like so tossed and jumbled in this. It's like the, the, he didn't even like go through hair and makeup. They're like, just put on a tank top and get in there. Well, especially when these are like the later on when they're trying to like give Karen a glow up, it's like, do you really want to take like advice from Dance Pants and Bangs? Have you seen them? Yeah, uh, he's very wry about everything. I feel like he there was someone else he was giving me, but it's like it's like he's always doing a Phil Hartman impression. <laughs> sure, I Bobby is who I want Ellis to be. I mm-hmm. wish that he was just a little bit more cutting and blunt. I guess, and that's exactly who Bobby is in a way. He's just, like, he's the stereotypical chorus boy. Yeah. Um, And he walks in, like, 
he, he's like the Rizzo of the Pink Ladies. You know what I mean? He walks mm-hmm. in with Jessica, and she's not listed. I think she's listed as dancer, but her name is Jenny LaRoche, who um, is like the fourth of like the pack eventually when when they joined Karen, but also in the ensemble. Oh, Sue? Uh, the Oh, is the, that her name? That's her name. I think eventually what? they give her a name, yeah. Oh, gosh. Why did I see it was Dancer? Okay. Um, great. I will refer to her as Sue from now on. Um, so Karen walks over and, like, f- she walks over to them and, like, forgets how to function as a human being. She's like, should I put my stuff here? I'm like, Karen, what is yeah. wrong with you? No, you should light it on fire and walk away. I don't know, Karen. What do you think? And Jessica very rudely says, you can put your stuff anywhere you want. I'm like, all right. I do feel bad for Karen this entire episode. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, they're they're hitting on those old nerves of like, you know, it, it's very Forrest Gump can't sit here, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and everyone's been prepped. They all know. They're, they're all Team Ivy. But I just think it's it's unfair, wildly unfair. Um, so Derek walks in and he's like, yeah, hi. That made me laugh because it's so over the top and stupid. Yeah, and then he's, he's like Mark okay. Sloan. He's like the McSteamy of this. He's just like, yeah, hi, whatever. I'm hot. Look at my neck, you know? Yeah, it's like this guy comes in wearing like a leisure suit every – like he is only – he. I mean sometimes I guess he probably wears a suit to go out. But like he – his director like costume is just like loose sweatpants and like an old long sleeve t-shirt that are like black and black. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, uh, if he wants to have the flu, he's ready. He's got that neck. He's got that neck. <laughs> That's how he nope. takes his temperature. He just puts it in one of the folds of his neck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 98.6. There we That's go. My neck. Well, Julia's temperature is definitely going up because Michael Swift walks in next. And uh, she shakes his hand because she's all flustered. Uh, Tom comes over and hugs him. And they have kind of like a Jack and Karen on Will and Grace sort of banter. Like, are you fine? Yes, sure, definitely. Ooh, one of those mm-hmm. sort of situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she slips into Grace Adler, there's the, that was a classic Grace Adler moment. Yes. Uh, so someone eventually asks, where's Eileen? And then we have this smash cut to Eileen that is just, she she screams, where is the money? And this oh shot starts out too close to her, a little too close. It, this, okay, this is another, like, we've seen some scenes in Eileen's office that looks like an office, but this is when it looks like Jack Donaghy's office from 30 Rock again. I, was I like, saw it. I right? definitely saw it, yes. The, the window yes. shades and all that. And I, the way that she's, so she's, like, yelling at her lawyer, and she's on her side of the desk, like, doing hamstring lunges. <laughs> yes, that was my next note. She has her knee on the chair, like a, a desk chair that swivels mm-hmm. and is just leaning over the desk. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I was like, "What are you gonna? Are you gonna? <laughs> you're gonna run?" <laughs> it's so strange. It is a weird camera angle, and just like there's this line where she goes, "Oh, I know about his family and their stupid money." I just loved it. Oh God, yeah that that scene was. It, I kept waiting for someone to say and cut, and then it was just Eileen in a scene in in the in the show. You know what I mean? Like this played out like characters playing out a scene. Yeah, it's. I mean, I get it. She's upset. She, so basically, the reason she's upset, she needs two hundred thousand dollars for the workshop, and she only has access to eight thousand dollars because her assets are frozen. And uh, you know, Jerry, insert eye roll here. He's up to no good. He's very smart. 
Yeah, yeah. And he's not Frank Langella, I'll tell you that. He's not. He never will be. Mm-mm. So, great. <laughs> yeah. So Ivy shows up wearing sunglasses? What a choice. They were like sunglasses from Claire's, too. They weren't like some very they just didn't match her outfit or something it was did you find it weird it was like when like like an awkward teenager in high school wears sunglasses and they think they look cool but they really just look like they're blind (laughs) yes yes exactly (laughs) that is definitely it i'm so glad you were able to articulate that because she's wearing like pink or something and it just uh, it doesn't go at all. It doesn't go at all. No, yes. she needs to be wearing like a black leather jacket or something, but she's wearing like a little top from the limited and a pair of jeans and then these like big like shade Buggy blockers. Glasses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And Derek says, Welcome to Marilyn, which is the weirdest line ever. I guess they're just calling the show Marilyn because I keep forgetting it doesn't have a name yet. I wasn't sure if he was saying welcome to Marilyn or like, you know, welcome Ah. your Marilyn or, you know, kind of because when she came in with the sunglasses, my first thought was like, oh, God, please don't let everyone turn and applaud for her. Please don't let that happen. And then like I that's what I was reading is Derek then introduces, you know, our Marilyn and everybody claps for her. Yeah, it's weird because normally, well, I guess it is addressed again, take a drink for every time they mention the book that's not finished. There's never any read through for this. We see scene work every once in a while, but it's it's not as important, as important as the musical numbers, I guess. So it is weird to just dive into a rehearsal, um, like with a dance rehearsal to start. And because normally you would, someone would like kind of introduce all the principles and stuff like that. So it's not that unusual, but again, the cringe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have to say, just, you know, and I'll get screenshots, but, like, at in this scene, you know, as Derek's explaining how the rehearsal's going to go and there's no book and all that, the extent to which he's presenting all of that neck, I just have to repeat it. There's just, like, for anyone who's like, what are you talking about? This is it. This, this scene, he's lifting his chin and he's like, look at it. Look how big my neck is. <laughs> During all this this scene particularly? Yes, where he's you know okay. explaining how the rehearsal's going to go down and whatnot, yeah, and how it's a long road to Broadway. This is all pre How About a Little Mumbo. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, that's the next note I have. But I, maybe I will go back when I watch this next episode for next week. I'll, I'll go back and give this a short little watch here. Um, I can see the leaning forward of the neck. You know what I mean? I don't think it's – I can see that, like the maybe the width, but I don't know. Like a but anyway, up there, it's it's huge. Uh, so anyway. Tom delivers his knee slapper of a line. How about a little mambo? And Julia laughs oh very convincingly. I will say. Well, yeah, I think Debbie just thought it was so funny, and just it was like she just got such a kick out of it. And then they just kept the take. They did. Uh, we finally meet Sam, played by Leslie Odom Jr., Tony Award winner, uh, uh-huh. Aaron Burr himself. Isn't it weird to see him in in this? It is. I was like, oh, that is him. Oh, wow. I mean, I didn't do a little cringy shoulder dance when I saw him the way Ivy Lynn did. I think that was like a nod to when they were in Chicago together. You know what I mean? Like all that jazz, the opening number, those bossy moves there. It's so, I mean, I can't hate it too much because there are, I know people like this. I I think that when, yeah. yeah. It, it seems authentic, it, it, and maybe it, it was, like, almost too familiar. Like, God, I people do do that. Ugh. Yeah, people they definitely do. People do that. Yeah. 
And, you know, they talk about being in Chicago. And then he says, and now you're Marilyn Monroe. And Derek is like, well, no one's anyone until rehearsal starts. Uh, <laughs> I was like, just, what? Right. Yeah. Even though I'm stupider, like, don't get, you know, don't get too confident. You're still nobody till the curtain goes up, Ivy Lynn. It was so unnecessary. I'm like, somebody get him a coffee or something. Jesus right? Christ. Oh, uh, so now, I guess I, I kind of... um I said they start off with a dance rehearsal, but they do start off with a vocal rehearsal of the 20th Century Fox Mambo. Your favorite song, Colin? It's my favorite, yes. I mean, and Tom's favorite because he is conductoring this scene. Did you see his face? Oh, yes. He's into it. Oh, my God. Not conducting. Conductoring. Yes, he is mugging to the camera. Yes. He's he's really into it. Yes. And they take a 10-minute break, and Sam... Uh, who's Leslie Odom Jr., compliments Karen voice, Karen's voice. And um, Bobby couldn't care less. He, like, looks away or walks away or something. And Karen tells Sam she knew the song because it was her callback. And Sam's like, oh, what callback for what? And she says, Marilyn. And then Ivy slithers up behind Sam, and she's like, well, I'm singing it now. Not a good look, Ivy. Don't not love that. Not a good that. look, sis. Yeah, it was like, oh, Am I going to not like you as much? Am I gonna, am I team Karen a little bit? Yeah, this is the this is the beginning of the era of Ivy being a little I wouldn't say insufferable, but like this episode I think this is the worst of it, mm-hmm. but there it still kind of goes on for a little bit. All right. Well, that's which uh, is annoying. Good to know. And I feel like this is a cuz as we get to this is kind of where the opening titles come in the episode. I feel like this is also a good time to uh, maybe let our, our, you know, main free listeners know that this is a little preview of our discussion of Smash. But if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, uh, cause there is so much more, there is so much more. There is Nick Jonas. I don't know what age this character is supposed to be. And it presents a lot of questions that we need to address. And if you want to go on that journey with us, you can join us at patreon.com slash BSA pod. Uh, and if you are a, ma- uh, a Patreon, it just, you know, uh, sits pro, baby, because we're going, you know, through the whole thing. <laughs> yes. Toot, toot. Toot, toot. 